0: sahana vavatu sahana bhunaktu sahaveedhyam karavavahai tejasvinavadhitamastu ma vidvishavahai om shant shant shanti, shanti, shanti. gurur brahma gurur vishnu gurur devo Maheshwaraha, Guru Reva Param Brahma, Tasmai Shri Gurade Namaha, Tasmai Shri Gurade Namaha. <coughs> All hear me? Okay. We are in the three hundred and sixty third word. This will be the shloka Viksharo Rohito Margu. What shloka number is this on? Forty. So, this is on the 40th shloka. Repeat after me. Do not change the focal to the, put it on the broad, put it on a purpose. (laughs) Viksharo rohito margo. Rohito Margo He Turda Modarasaha. Vetudamo dara. Mahidharomahabhago. Mahidharomahabago. Vega Vadamita Shanahama. So in this long journey. <coughs> Of thousand names, we have, with His blessings, seen through 362 words. With this 40th shloka, 40th being from the Vishwam Vishnuvashtakaro, the 40th shloka. We will be starting this week from the 363rd word. All these are subtle pointers of various aspects of that Lord Narayana. Viksharaha Rohitaha Margaha Hetuhu Damodaraha Sahaha Mahidharaha Mahabhagaha Vegavan Amitashanaha So these are the words that we will be looking into. Viksharaha, Vigataha, ksaraha, nashaha yasya asau viksharaha. So ksharaha nashaha. Ksaraha means that which can be destroyed, that which decays. Vigataha. When you add the word vi. It can be interpreted in multiple ways. Like for example, if somebody is named Vishrutaha. So Vishruta actually means on a positive note. Here it is used that V is added as a negative note to, uh, to say the opposite of kshara, but when you say Vishrutaha, there it is on a positive note. Visheshena Shrutaha, the one who does not just hear but listens so keenly that understands it in the first hearing itself. Meaning the nitty gritty details that are implied through the words are understood by that individual. Therefore, Vishrutaha. Visheshena Shrutaha. <coughs> But the same word can be used when somebody is not paying attention. So, you can say, Vishrutaha, Vishrutaha, Vigataha, Shrutaha, the one who does not pay attention to what they are hearing or there can be another negation, Viparita Shrutaha. So, whatever I am saying, you understand the exact opposite of it. Then it is also called Vishrutaha, Viparita Shrutaha. So, the V, Pratyaya, can add different meanings. So, one has to be specific to understand what it means here. Ksharaha, Nashaha, destruction or decay. So, V added there becomes Vigataha, Ksharaha, Nashaha, Yasya, Asau, Viksharaha. That which is undecaying, that which does not get destroyed. What gets destroyed? Anything that is made out of the five elements is vulnerable to be destroyed by the five elements. Now, all the forms that we see exist in that particular form, do you know why they exist in that particular form? What sustains that form, what makes it remain in that shape and form? Like this lectern is in this shape, in this form. Why does it have this shape and form, what sustains it? What part of the five elements sustains it in this form? fire. Do you know why? No, not just for anybody, even you and me. It is a fire, you remove that fire element. How do you remove that fire element? Create the necessary environment for that fire to be expressed through this element, through this vastu. So, what remains after the fire is expressed? It remains, it comes back to its nascent form, which is carbon ashes. So, the fire is the element that when removed this gets destroyed. As a human being, what are the destructions that can happen? See, all at least four elements, because what are the four elements? Earth. So, any sharp object or anything that hits us, anything that can, we can die. So, earth can become a point of, you know, destruction. Water, then fire, air, absence or excess of air or, you know, less of air, you can die. So, all these various facets can lead to destruction. Now, these four elements cannot destroy even space, the fifth element. How can these five elements put together destroy that which is subtler than the space? So, what is subtler than the space? That which cognizes the space is the consciousness and that consciousness is represented here as or denoted here by the word viksharaha, viksharaha, vigataha viksharaha nashaha that which cannot be decayed that which does not decay that which cannot be destroyed therefore is known as viksharaha viksharaha then the next word is rohitaha <coughs> rohitaha there are two meanings of rohitaha The first meaning is, uh, that which is by natural expression, you know, the veins are in red in color. Rohitaha, the one who has uh, red tinted eyes. So, Bhagawan Narayana's eyes have those, you know, light veins that you can see and they are red in color. So, one reason that I say that he is the very form of Kama. The moment you see him, the desire to be one with that Lord becomes uh, instant. Therefore, his eyes are indicating of that. Kama Janakaya, the one who creates the, in uh, Bhagavan Shri Krishna's Ashtotara Namavali, there is one name wherein he is called as Kama Namaha. The one who creates the desire for him in our heart, kama Janakaya. so that red eyes indicate of that. And the second thing is, he is constantly taking care of this entire creation, so the red eyes show his alertness. So when you're keenly observing and you know noting, you know, your eyes get. Little red because of the excess of blood there, flow. So, he is keenly observing everything. The entire creation, he is keenly observing. Therefore, he has got red eyes. Therefore, when people, uh, you know, in a poetic gesture, compare Bhagwan's eyes, they usually compare it to the lotus petals. And that lotus petal which is reddish pink, in colour because his eyes are of that colour, so that eyes are not just the shape but the colour is also matching, Rohitaha that who is having the eyes which are with a red taint in it. The second meaning is Rohitaha the one which protected the entire creation, here specially they are referring to the standpoint of Matsya Murtim Rohitaha iti that he took the form of Matsya Avatara so that Matsya Avatara is also known as Rohitaha so many people name their children Rohit you ask them what does Rohit mean I don't know Go ask my parents. They named me Rohit. Rohit means red-eyed one. It can also mean angry young man. (laughs) Rohit also means the one who protects the entire creation in the form of a fish. So, I used to tease uh, one of my friends after I knew this meaning. So, this is something fishy about you, <laughs> Rohitaha means Matsya avatara, so that Matsya avatara wherein the entire creation was put, uh, samples of every aspect of creation were put on the uh, big boat and it was uh, anchored onto the golden horn that was there on that Matsya. And the Matsya allowed the entire deluge water to settle down and then reallotted all these species onto the earth. This is one story that we will find in common in various religious expressions. You will find it in Islam, you will find it in uh, the Christianity, Judaism, now, various other religions also refer to this aspect of uh, Bhagwan, who has come to protect the entire creation in the form of Matsya. So, it is funny because our uh, Lord Rama's wedding, uh, there is a, a sweet exchange. So, the bride and the bridegroom are standing facing each other and they both are being ushered onto the stage on where there will be, uh, you know, exchange and there is a lot of kriya to be done. So, during that time, you know, the, to put one foot forward and come, you know, so there is a competition, there is a sparda, a sparda there is a little uh, uh, mischievous. So, the girl side says, you know, our girl is so delicate, so fragile, and uh, you know she has always lived in the palace, living among all the fragrant things, and now getting married to this Vishnu avatar, that Vishnu who was in the form of fish, Mina You know, the, in that Mina avatar, in, in, when he was in the Rohita avatar, the fish form. He would smell terribly. So why should we give our uh, girl in marriage to you such one who has had up uh, such a smelly past? So, so, So the answer is, in whatever avatar, he still is fresh. His only point is to save and protect. And he did protect the entire creation from the deluge waters. Therefore, he can not just protect her, but also protect the entire creation. Therefore, he is the suitable suitor for your girl. So, each avatar is taken as a, you know, one negativity is taken. And so, in the Sukara Rupa, Sukara Rupa is in the boar form. You know, he is such a muddy fellow always in the you know, such dirty waters, that murky waters that he lives in. Again, it was because of his effortlessness in such environment that he could pull the entire earth from deluge. Again, it was in a, it was a nice parda that happens there. If you ever get the opportunity to see Sita Rama Vivaha, it's, it's fun to watch. So, there they talk about Especially they talk about this Meenavatara, uh, wherein he is also known as uh, the red eyed one or the uh, the loter, the fish form itself as expressed as rohita. Viksharaha rohitaha. Then the third word in the sloka is margaha, margaha. <coughs> Mumukshavaha tam devam margayanti iti margaha. What does this mean, margaha? The simple meaning is the path. So, the simple meaning is the path. Path to what? Are you walking the path? Everybody thinks that we are walking the path. What path are we talking about? So here he says, mumukshavaha tam devam margam margayanti iti margaha. By those who are desiring moksha, liberation. That path which is chosen by those who are aiming for liberation, the path itself, meaning the sadhana itself, is Bhagavan's Sakshat Swarupa. Why is the path itself called Bhagavan's, uh, the Verily really the Bhagavan's form? One reason, first reason, Is whenever you take the name of the Lord in your sadhana, He is appearing in the form of that word, In your thought, word and heart. So that is called the Namavatar, The moment you utter, he is dancing in the form of sound on the tongue. So, he is called Namavatar. When you do the contemplation on that Lord and various leelas of the Lord. Here another question to be answered. Does devotion towards the Lord... Happen naturally, are we embedded in in ourselves the system wherein devotion unto that Lord is a natural disposition or can it be cultivated or can it be both? For some people it comes naturally, for some people it is to be cultivated. Devotion towards the Lord is something that can be cultivated. And because of the prior life's cultivation, for some people it seems like naturally disposed towards Bhagawan's devotion right from early in the age. In some of the Indian traditions, as the child is born, they, they have various things displayed on the floor. You know, Bhagavad Gita or Japa Mala or a form of the Lord then they have money, then they have pen, they have uh, you know some sports equipment like a ball or uh, a fruit or something edible just to see the inclination of the child. So, the child you know looks at it and uh, Whatever the first thing that the child picks. There was this unusual child that I had uh, witnessed. He grabbed one after the other, all the things into his lap. (laughs) So that reminded me of uh, Tenali Ramalinga. He was given by mother. He has Kali Darshan and in that kalika devi's darshan she gives uh, in one hand milk and the other hand yogurt she says drink one and you will become uh, you know highly devoted drink the other you will become highly famous for your uh, you know poetic uh, exuberance so he thinks for a while and then he says how about this he pulls plucks both these little balls with uh, milk and yogurt and then mixes them and drinks it and then she is like you know first one to find such variety usually you know they pick one and right? here is this fellow who pulls both and you know mixes it and then pops it up he doesn't even wait for her uh, permission he mixes it and puts it in. So the child has a natural inclination. So very few people to pick the Japamala or the Bhagavad Gita or whatever scriptural book that you are putting. That is not actually, essentially, it means shows the indication. If you put a colorful Bhagavad Gita book, because the kid usually loves colors, so they'll immediately go pick and they say, "My kid picked Bhagavad Gita." Funny or funny strange thing is, uh, we want our children to be uh, little bit religious. If they become too much religious, they feel threatened. No, 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 this is not required. You focus on your studies, you focus on this, you get married and don't become too religious. Strange. How do you choose the path? You can inculcate that devotion. You can inculcate the (coughs) desire for the path. And the path which itself is the expression of Paramatma or His grace. How do you inculcate that devotion unto that Lord? One simple thing is. Asakti towards anything, attachment towards anything happens when we start entertaining in our heart, the thoughts and various uh, greatness of that particular vastu in our heart again and again over a period of time. Say you are a simple hearted person, but somebody comes and says, you know this thing on you will look good, so you implanted a seed into their head and this implantation of uh, it happens so unconsciously that we don't even, we are not even aware of it as it happens. Very subtly it happens, how subtly it happens? I had done lot of experiments while uh, doing the Vedanta course back in Bombay. So my room was right next to the uh, entrance towards uh, you know bathroom and uh, toilets. So you know people would go rush in rush out and early morning it would be the heaviest traffic like 5.30 we had to leave by 5.15 don't tell anybody,. Okay? It's not like that we went there and suddenly started doing it at four o'clock. Maybe first two months was the inspiration. But afterwards it was just right time enough to get to that 5:30 session in the morning. So 5:15, the traffic is highest. So since my room was next to it, I'll keep my window open. And uh, as the traffic starts increasing. Not loudly, but very subtly hum. Something like, say, a song. I hum, say, you know, neelis jili anke koi raaz hai inme gahara tar, ifkaru, humming early in the morning. Okay. And whoever was passing by at that time. Li- while going in, unconsciously is hearing to this song as they are going in, okay. So, I pick my uh, test of the day, so I experiment. So, as they are going in, I, I very subtly hum this. By the time they are coming out of the shower and uh, you know, they are with their towel and they are, and they are rushing in and, uh, and they are subtly humming. and they are not even and like you know by midday or so they, they keep wondering I don't know where this song got into my head it's been running like a non-stop radio in my head so when subtly suggested even unconsciously suggested it seems to get roots into our system and we seem to be carrying it forward. The way we are bombarded with various kinds of information these days through the radio, through the various TV channels, to various other media. So, you know, first, you know, one indication, second indication, third indication. By fourth indication, we are already started researching onto the Various goods and bads of that thing, and you know, should I, should I not, you know, should I get involved with it, not get involved with it, should I own it, not own it? And finally it becomes a urge. Urge wherein I say I think I need to have it. So when just a thought suggested becomes a necessity. That is how most desires are being entertained. Right at that moment when we become conscious or, or at a thought level of it being entertained, if we can uproot it, then the desires can be handled. Similar is the pattern of devotion unto the Lord. Shravanat bhakti vivardhakaranam. By listening to the glories of the Lord, by reading through the glories of the Lord again and again and again. So whoever is the Lord of your heart. If it is Bhagawan Vishnu, so you have Vishnu Purana, Padma Purana, Bhagavad Purana. And, uh, thanks to Bhagawan ji he has chronicled all the things in a systematic manner regarding various gods in various Puranas. If it is you know Devi, whoever is the form of Devi. So you read through the various aspects of Devi Purana or Devi Bhagavat. If it is Lord Ganesha, then you read through you know, Ganesha Purana. If it is Lord Shiva, Shiva Purana, Linga Purana. So whichever is the form of God. There is a Purana available, There is there are the stories of the Lord, the stories of the devotees of the Lord. Listen to it constantly and keep. Once I have heard even Guruji you know, say this. <clears throat> In the earlier days, he used to worship, it seems Lord Shiva. And then once Gurudev asked him to speak on Ramayana. So by the time he st- you know, went through the entire Ramayana once and then started reading through it, he fell in love with uh, uh, Bhagawan Ramchandraji so much that he went back to Gurudev and said, you know, I think I am changing my sides. <laughs> that I am in love with this uh, Bhagawan Rama. Uh, so Gurudev it seems looked at him and, in a very loving glance and said, why do you think I asked you to start it? So the more you listen, the more you read, intensely about that lord, devotion increases. Now once that devotion increases, we do not need to be told, we do not we don't need to be uh, guided with any other reference, puja becomes natural, japa becomes natural, smarana becomes natural, dhyana becomes natural. don't take the reverse route. I will wait till that naturality happens and then all these things will happen. Even if it is mechanical, even if it is forced, force your mind to sit and constantly involve itself through that japa. Don't react or overreact thinking that, you know if all forms of gods are Paramatma, you know why not I pick directly Paramatma, because the moment you think of Paramatma, there is no visualization that the mind can get itself captured in. So, start with the form you can evolve naturally towards the formless and needless to say it is not written on stone. There are very few people who can directly dwell deeper into the formless. Who is the best judge? You are the best judge, whether form or formless. For the most easy thing, to start from form is the easy path. Bhagawan himself says it in the 12th chapter. Kleshaha <clears throat> Avyakta Sakta Dehavad Because we are so identified with the body, directly testing it out with the formless avyakta becomes very difficult to even fathom and proceed in the path. The path itself starts becoming miserable. That path which should take us towards uh, joy, ananda starts becoming miserable, then the interest is lost. So, start with that devotion, inculcating with the stories of the Lord, like you are listening to Vishnu, you know, Vishnu Sahasranama. <coughs> what is the effort here? To inculcate that devotion towards the Lord in our heart. Margaha. And you cannot say that, you know, whenever God willing that devotion happens, then I will become a sadhaka. That is the difference between uh, a common man and a sadhaka. A sadhaka is the one who takes responsibility for his sadhana and leaves the rest of the other uh, chores of life as the grace of the Lord. Whereas the commoner, they take that chores as re- seriously and give up the sadhana in the pretext saying that, you know, whenever God willing that urge happens, I will become a devotee. You have to initiate that devotion in your heart as soon as possible. Even in our children. You know, when people bring them to Chinvai Mission, they are from various textures. There are those who bring them because uh, the, kids, uh, the kids have lots of questions. I do not have answers. So, they say Chinvai Mission is doing a good job with the children, put them there. So, that uh, Whenever the kid asks a question, I can say, "Go ask your Chinmay Mission." I have introduced you to Chinmay Mission. Go ask, ask your teachers. Some who uh, want to bring them so that they can get more Indianized. They call it culture. I call it Indianization. There are some who bring because the children are not comfortable being. This happens usually when the child has grown in uh, an environment wherein he is uh, the only brown kid around. Have you ever met such kids? So, there, there is an inferiority complex or there is a disgust of being who they are. And I don't be like when I know why am I brown? Why everybody else out there is white? Why do I have to eat this kind of food when everybody else is eating something else? Why do I have to do this when everybody else is doing it? Why? I hate being brown. <coughs> yeah, coconuts, Oreos, or um, chocolate ice cream—various names for them white from inside brown from outside, so put them in a brown environment, so it is not just you there are others as well, so I call that uh, you know getting into the general pool of brownization, culturalization, Indianization, brownization. getting comfortable in your own skin, put them in that environment and then they look at you know, wow, it's not just me who is brown, there are these many browns, Okay, I'm fine, then there is a confidence built in being what you are in that kid as well, very few. Come with the, the attitude of understanding religion as the spiritual unfoldment or process of evolution. <clears throat> Very few. That's why when I ask in various sessions, do you want study groups or do you want to watch uh, you know, the video of Upanishad Ganga and other, the easy thing is, if study groups I had to prepare, I had to come back and I present a video, I will watch, there is a resistance. And those who have you know certain keen interest and want to dwell deeper, they eagerly wait for you know, that discussion forum, that discussion platform wherein they can air out their thoughts and get corrected find right directions find right attitude dwell deeper into the thought (coughs) margaha margaha the same marga can be used for culturalization indianization brownization and all these other points the same thing can also be used for Cultivating devotion, cultivating wisdom, cultivating the right path towards that paramananda Swarupa. Margaha. That path in itself is the Lord and He is giving us the opportunity. Whenever I look at these kids <coughs> who are growing up in this country and they come to Chinmaya Mission and such environment, probably when they grow up that is when they will understand that you know my dad and mom did a good thing that they put me, there. otherwise I wouldn't have gotten this opportunity. It will be a while until they get that it dawns on to them because most of the stuff that they are learning especially on the banquet days when I see those little, little kids, they come and take that uh, shlokatan trophy which is uh, double their size and then they hold it like this. I am almost scared looking at them. Everybody can you hold it? Mm-hmm. All that which they have learnt at that age, probably the first time that I was taught or learnt or got an entry into was when I was in the ashram. And that has been already introduced to them right at that age, now whenever that spirituality kindles, they have been provided with that direction already, which many of us have learnt. Many parents who come and say, growing up we never had this opportunity, you are glad to know and learn, though in our family we had that environment. You know they were quite religious and spiritual, Uh, we we, we never paid attention to it at that time. And now that we have this opportunity to learn, learn with such uh, meticulous details. So whenever that desire strengthens and we have the opportunity to understand the path and start walking one step at a time. Slowly but steadily When that path is provided Understand That the Lord's grace on us Is Full throttle Showering Our way So that we can lead every step Unto that Paramatma. Now how speed you walk Or how intensely you walk Is your choice Don't say that I am still a toddler, (coughs) I am sure you have had more experience with toddlers than me. The moment they start crawling, even though they are still on their force, the force with which they run around, are they not unstoppable? Even though they are on their force, on their knees and hands, crawling all over. And somehow these kids have got the capacity, the remotest corners, they will crawl in. Haven't you seen them do that with such briskness? Even though we may be toddlers, we may be just beginning our path, it still can be intensified. And that path unfolding itself in our life is the expression of Paramatma's love for each one of us. That Lord's love, saying, Oh dear one, this is the path, start walking. So if you have already been introduced to such path, never question, what is God doing for me? He has already done enough. Now it is our task to start walking the path. Margaha. <coughs> He to who? He to who? That which is the cause, cause for what? That which is the cause for this entire creation. And we have seen multiple number of times in multiple dimensions that he is the cause for this entire creation. And in Hinduism, when we talk about creation, We do not talk about creation in terms of all that which is good is God's creation, all that which is bad is satanic. All that all that which is bad is uh, in it is a shaitan, shaitan, satan it is the same difference coming from the same uh, Aramaic, did I say it right? From where Hebrew and all these languages came, that is the root. In Hinduism, we do not believe that that which is good is God created and that which is bad is uh, evil created. Everything that is created is the expression of Lord alone. Because he alone is uh, both the material and the instrumental cause for this entire creation. Nimitta Upadana Karana. There is a technical word Nimitta and Upadana Karana. What does it translate to? He is the one who is uh, both the material. As well as the intelligence behind that material to be transformed into this form of creation. (coughs) Was it last time that we were, last loka that we were discussing that in order to create there needs three causes? What are the three causes? Material, instrumental, and intelligent cause. So, you need material, so if you want to make a pot, have you ever tried your hands on that uh, pottery classes, I had gone once, I okay, sat on the wheel, <coughs> took a lump of mud clay, It must have gone this height, yeah about four and a five inches. it was this wide, you know carved it and after that height, you know because of the rotating thing I must have gone in one angle very thin that it starts becoming deformed, suddenly starts becoming elliptical, suddenly starts you know collapsing inside. So, in that you you need clay, clay that to in right consistency, that is an art, over experience you will get that consistency, most of them would say that you know the kind of uh, wheat flour that I have is not good, therefore my chapatis or my rotis are not coming out soft. I am doing a combination of this uh, wheat flour and that and this. That is not the criteria. Wheat flour is white flour. Somehow, you know, Vedanta and my cooking, they have to go hand in hand. I just recognize the thought pattern there. So, it is what amount of water that you put and how you knead and what consistency the dough is prepared in and not just that, how you flip it on the tawa, that also matters. Heat is also, you cannot put it on a high burner, it has to be little over medium. And then you should learn the art of you know flipping the rotis in such a way that they fluff up like puris in oil, without oil. And once that two layers are created and then you apply a little bit of grease or you know that butter on the top later, they remain. So, you need to know how to get that material first. And how many chapatis can you make? As much as the dough lasts. Once the dough is over, the number of chapatis that you can make is over. And because paramatma is ananta, ananta meaning endless, anta end, ananta endless, therefore his resource of material is unending, one fine day all the creation will start collapsing, because there is no more material there to supply, paramatma is ananta, endless. So, he in the form of material is also endless. So, the material is, uh, raw material is endless. Are you getting the concept? And he has multiple kinds of varieties that can be created. Sajatiya, Vijatiya, Vigata, Bheda, Swarupena. sajatiya sajatiya now we are all uh, mammals right are all mammals similar no there are some who are uh, you know living on earth some which live in water some which are amphibious, they are different kinds of mammals. <coughs> but all of them are in one classification, sajatiya, vijatiya, vijatiya. Uh, you compare it, uh, you know, human beings. Anybody anything which is other than human form? Vijati. Even in swajati here, uh, how many kinds of variations are there? There are white, brown, black, any other colors? Pale. I am on record, I cannot use that word. <coughs> I will be branded as a racist. Now these are the skin colors, right? Hair colors, black, brown, red, blonde, white, gray, <laughs> Rainbow is man made I am not I am talking of a natural color right now <coughs> So you have Lots of Veda, Right Vijatiya There are mammals There are uh, amphibians Various kinds again Swagata Swagata Within each human form, within each being, there again, there is head, there is eyes, there is nose, each one's eyes, ears, nose and the kind of formation, each one is unique. Though we are all human beings, each one, isn't we, aren't we unique? <coughs> Imagine... If every new product that has to be released into the market is a new variety altogether by itself, what kind of ingenious thinking must be going on there? What kind of intelligence is being put there? We have very few people who make the market with some uh, leading uh, you know product, once that product is released there are others who copy it with little variations here and there, but the baseline is that product, imagine his every product has got an amazing expression. So, the material and the the intelligence to create that material into a different expression. And then the instrumental cause, he is also the instrument which creates all these different differences or multiple uh, forms of expression into this universe. He is the cause, <coughs> the only cause. Then the next word is Damo <coughs> Daraha. Here, this word Damo Daraha has got lots of multiple meanings. The first meaning. (laughs) Dham idhi sadhane na udharaha matihi ya ithi dham udharaha. Udharaha here means the mind. There are various meanings, so do not jump immediately. Udharaha, I thought it had a different meaning. Hold on. Yes, it has other meanings as well. First meaning is udara here is taken with the meaning of mind. That mind which is purified through the processes of dama ityadi. Shama, dama, uparama, Titiksha, shraddha, samadhana. They are called the, what are these called? Oh, very good. In Tattva Vodha, we saw that it is called Sadhana Chatushtaya, Viveka, Vairagya, Shamadhi, Shatsampati, and Mumukshutva. Shamadhi, Shatsampati are Shama, Dama, Uparama, Titiksha, Shraddha, Samadhana, six of them. So, that mind which is purified through the control of organs of perception action. So the control of the mind uh, through the uh, pro- uh, providing the direction and taking the sense of responsibility, creating the balance and having the focus with Shraddha. <clears throat> when the mind is such endowed, such a mind is the place where Bhagavan takes avatar. Dhamodaraha. That mind wherein it has been purified that in such environment of purity, Bhagawan expresses. Damo first meaning. Second meaning. The second meaning is, that who was restrained around the Udara, around the waist by Yashoda Devi herself, of course, with the support of the Lord. Some of the Kathakars make it so interesting, so beautiful. (coughs) Yashoda Ji gave Bhagawan Krishna some butter, he used to love. And probably that is why he lived 125 years. pure butter, (coughs) pure cow butter to be more specific, he just had his stomach full of that fresh butter that was taken and she put the rest of it in the pot and Bhagavan Krishna sat on the uh, mortar and he was distributing that butter to the monkeys. enraged with his pranks. She said, uh, you keep doing all this kind of mischief, I just uh, so uh, frustrated. So, Bhagwan Krishna smiles, you wanted to be my mother, that is why I gave you the boon, take it or leave it. So, looking Bhagavan Krishna smiling at her, she gets more enraged. When somebody is getting irritated with you and you have a you know, a smile at them. So, she says, wait, today I will learn the lesson. And she took the rope that was hanging by and she tried tying it down. Whatever length that she took fell short by angulam. Angulam, one inch. She was like, you are just a baby, this whole rope is not sufficient to tie you down. He was playing prank and somebody said beautifully, that which is unlimited, who can tie him down? Then finally, looking at the frustration of the mother, he said, okay let us do one thing, I will hold this end, you bring the other end, maybe that will help you pull this to tie together. So, with the help of Krishna. She ties him down and then ties him to the mortar. So, why is he called Damodara? Dam. Dam meaning that which is rope. Rope is also called Dham. dam because that with which we restrain. That which is used to restrain. Damayati, that which can be used to restrain. Which is tied around his udara. Udara, around his waist, therefore he is called (coughs) Damodara. So, after coming to this country, you know, those of us who want to look in shape, you know, there is something that they, uh, a very tight belt like thing that they tie it around their waist. What do they call it technically? Uh, no, huh. corset. So you tie it. They are all technically dhamodara. <coughs> or in a, a totally different scenario. Those who have had hernia <laughs> had to be operated so that that part of the muzzle can be pushed back and you know you mesh it around again. Dhamodara. So, Bhagavan Krishna is called Dhamodara because he was restrained by Yashodadi. <coughs> Dhamma also means all the fourteen worlds. And where are these fourteen worlds? In the Hiranyagarbha, which is the womb of that Paramatma. So, all these fourteen worlds exist in the Udara, Garbha of that Lord. Therefore, it is, he is also known as Damodaraha, that who supports in the Garbha, all these fourteen worlds. Is therefore known as Damodara. Vikshoro Rohito Margo Hetur Damodara Sahaha <coughs> Sahaha. The one who endures everything. We talk about our endurance. How long should I tolerate? various responsibilities, various obligations that we are intertwined into, sometimes it gets to such a frustrating point and I say, how long should I tolerate this? Learn it from the Lord, why isn't he tolerating us by giving us opportunity life after life after life after life after life. Millions of expressions. <clears throat> Once you close your eyes. Okay, and start thinking. Do I really deserve. an ushering onto this path. With what I am today. With all my positives and negatives put together. Do I really deserve. Am I really a worthy candidate of Bhagavan's love and devotion? Don't answer it. Think. Even in spite of being provided such opportunities, is our love and faith and shraddha in Him firm? A slight little thing happens here and there. And first thing that gets knocked out of our list, who God, which God, there is no God, why? Nothing that I have thought has happened in my life. Why should I believe in this God? I understand it is very painful, I understand it is very difficult to go through such moments. But this is a generic psychology that as long as the going is good, according to what I have desired, what I have wished. God is there. The moment it does not go according to what I have planned and wished, what is the immediate conclusion? Kon Bhagawan? Kiska Bhagawan? Tera Bhagawan? I believe in no God. Don't get angry. I am just making a statement, do you see the sudden, it is almost like telling me shh. Sahaha, the one who endures us all. That is why even Bhudevi is called Sahishnu Devi. What things that we do on this earth and she still bears us all. Mother Nature, aren't we emptying all resources? And ruining the existing natural environment. I was listening to something on the NPR, wherein uh, they were saying that any sample of water, even including the glaciers where we have uh, not trampled it yet, we can find traces of paint, we can find traces of all the pesticides, we can find traces of uh, all the medicines that we use, we can find traces of so many things, uh, polycarbonates and other residuals, which cannot be digested, which cannot be recycled by the nature, which has been left out into the world. Yeah, there are five or six such zones in the ocean where there are no tides, where there is no water circulation or movement and all the garbage and plastic and other things that cannot be uh, you know recycled in the ocean which gets flooded into the ocean, gets zoned into that seven zones, it's almost like 50-60 feet thick and the oldest particle that they have found is about 45 years old, since then it has been stagnating there. In spite of that in the form of earth isn't he the one who is showing tolerance, the one who tolerates everything. Mahidharaha, Mahidharaha, the one who has, one form of expression is, the one who has become all the mountains, plains and various forms of contours on this earth. Second is that Bhagawan who has uplifted the mountain, Mahi, Mahi means earth or Mahi also means the mountain. So, the one who has taken all forms of different expressions on this earth. Second meaning, the one who has lifted Govardhana on his little finger. Mahi also means earth. The one who has lifted the earth on his tusks in the form of a boar. <coughs> so, all these three meanings. and of them, the sweetest one that I like is when he is in the form of that little Krishna who has picked up the entire Govardhana on his little finger. So, it is said in Bhagavatam that as soon as all these people found a shelter to rush into, nobody cared, nobody paid attention as to how did this mountain suddenly rise up. The water was pouring so heavily down that they were they're just very glad that this opened up and it took them for a while to settle down. You know, first they got themselves, their wife, their children and then their cattle, then their cart, then their little, little baggages. Everything was brought in. Nobody paid attention where Krishna is. And then suddenly they realized that oh, this is a mountain which is actually standing up. How is this standing up? They looked at the center, they found Bhagwan Krishna holding that mountain up. Then all the Gopas ran and they did something sweet. They all pulled out their lati sticks and then stuck it into that mountain and then looked at Bhagwan and winked at Bhagwan. Now, you can go take rest. We will hold it. So, Bhagavad says, thanks but no thanks. Mahidharaha also means the fourth meaning. That he is also the form expressing in the form of Ananta, you know, the serpent, who is carrying the entire earth on his shoulders, on his head. So, he is the one who is in the form of Ananta as well, holding the entire earth together. Mahidharaha. The last meaning, fifth meaning is Lord Narayana as the husband of earth. So, Bhagawan Vishnu has or Narayana has two wives. One is called Chanchala, the other one is called Achala. Who is Chanchala Devi? Lakshmi Devi. Very fickle, keeps running around here and there. Who is the Achala Devi, Bhudevi or Earth? So, Mahidharaha is the husband of Bhudevi. Therefore, he is Lord Narayana himself. Mahidharaha. (coughs) Mahidharaha. Mahabhago vegavana mitashanaha. Mahabhagaha, Mahabhagaha, again there are a couple of meanings here, the one who has very sweet limbs, very attractive limbs, that his hair, that is curly hairs that are on his head, falling over his forehead, from there till his toe, Every aspect of the Lord is beautiful. The one who has beauty overflowing from all limbs. Such one is called Mahabhaga. Nakha shikha paryantam. Nakha, the nails of the toes, till the shikha, the hair, there is just beauty oozing out. Such one is called Mahabhaga. <coughs> Most of our beauty is not natural, it has to be maintained, isn't it, what will happen if you don't cut the nails, we will become Shurpanakya or (laughs) Shurpanakhi, it will go into Guinness Book of Records, good one of course you don't maintain anything you will get into Guinness book of records then (laughs) hair has to be maintained everything top to bottom to bring out beauty but his his natural expression is beauty oozing out mahabhagaha First meaning. The second meaning is <coughs> the one who has everything at his disposal, whether it is food, luxury, or anything that he can desire. And the only difference is he has everything at his disposal, but no desire. Whereas us, we have all desires. But nothing at our disposal. So much so that we are, for namesake, the head of the family. See in earlier days, when the kings used to say, "Who is there?" Ten people would come around and say, "G Maharaj," and you say, "You order, get me this," and they'll go get it. <coughs> in your own house, you tell your own kid. Can you get me a glass of water, then look at you top to down, uh-huh. go get it yourself and then as you are going to get it, it? get me also one that is our swamitva within our own reach. The one who has the entire creation bowing down ready to offer everything at his feet, Mahabhaga and then other meaning of mahabhaga is the one who is very fortunate in taking apt forms in expressing to save the creation meaning he knows his tools and he knows how to use it. When he was born in Nrsimhavatara, it was the apt incarnation, because what was the boon? That which is neither manushya nor murga, therefore he became nara murga sharira, so mahabhaga that who expresses in the apt forms, in order to save and fulfill the purpose of his avatar Mahabhaga. Vegavan, (coughs) Vegavan means the one who is faster than the fastest. Why does he appear to be faster than the fastest, is in some kind of competition? No, it is an appearance that he is faster than the fastest, why? That which is all pervading, wherever you go, seems to appear there, before you have gotten there. Supposing, there is an ant which is crawling on your body make it more hilarious, on the expanse of your body, <laughs> it is crawling, So, have you seen observed that you know when you push the ant, whichever direction it falls, it will come back again into the same direction that it was treading its path. So, wherever you push the ant on your body, the ant will keep wondering. Man, I thought I was faster and this fellow seems to be reaching me, wherever I go, because you are all pervading, therefore, the ant feels that you are faster than the ant. Similarly, wherever I go, Paramatma is already existing, therefore, he appears to be expressing speed. Therefore, the Upanishad says, in the Isha Vasya Upanishad it says, Aneja dekam that which is faster than the fastest. What is the fastest? Thought is the fastest one. And, thought meaning our mind. And the Lord who is faster than the mind, <coughs> therefore, he is Vegavān. Amitashana. Amita Ashanaha, the one who is extremely hungry. Ashana to eat. How much can you eat? Because they say annadanam, Mahadanam. Because give anything else to the human being, they'll ask for more. Except for food. You serve food after a certain point, they'll say, Enough now. No, please. No, if you really insist, give me a doggy bag. Doggy bag actually doesn't mean for the dog. It's a name for my own food later. And now I cannot take any more. But with Bhagwan, Antakala, antakala samhara samaye vishvam ashnati iti The entire Vishwa is consumed by the Lord and still does not satiate his appetite. Therefore, he is called Amitashana. The second meaning, he in the form of time consumes everything and never seems to be. Uh, satiated his hunger never seems to be satiated because time is one thing that will ruthlessly meticulously consume everyone and everything therefore he is called amitashanaha in the form of kalas for upaha we will continue tomorrow om purnamadaha purnamidam Purnat, Purnamudachate, Purnasya, Purnamadaya Purnameva, Vasishyate, Om Shant, Shant, Shanthe, Harihe Om, Shri Guru Bhiona Harihi Om.